Okay, so it's recording now. We made it in a way. Yes, yes. I'm very happy because, you know, uh, I I found you by accident, you know, because I was searching about caffeine and coffee because I love coffee, you know, and uh, I used to drink it uh, even if I was very, very sick. I stopped to drink it for seven years because I was really sick and uh, but I couldn't recover anyway. But uh, when I start to introduce diet and uh, everything uh, more, uh, I start to get better. But uh, in the same time, I start to drink coffee and I saw that my uh, body is not accepted, you know, and I feel really, really bad, but I really like it. So I, I was looking for some information. If it's really good, maybe it's good maybe it's bad you know so i was i was i would like to uh, prove myself that caffeine is good for me and i search everything and i found you and that's why uh, i decided to contact you because i i read your uh, story and i read your um you know uh, all about caffeine so that's why i would like to you to introduce yourself what well, yeah i can definitely introduce myself because i'm not a coffee expert but i am a self-sabotage coach and what we do is we get into the psychology of why people hurt themselves that's what we're experts in so there are so coffee will come on our radar because there's very particular chemical aspects to coffee that changes the brain function into a weakened state. And it also weakens the body. And in the psychology of self-sabotage, a weak person is, there's a part of the brain that the average person doesn't know they have called the subconscious. And it's thinking very fast. It's, it's what's in charge of your heart rate or your menstrual cycle your hair growth or a cut healing, it does everything automatically. And it can judge if you're strong or you're weak for you without your involvement. And if you're weak, your body will comply more with direction and comply more with group behavior, group pressure. So in the field of self-sabotage psychology, when we're trying to get a person to stop self-sabotaging, which is the act of complying to irrational and illogical group pressure, we have to look at what they're doing that makes them weak. And the number one, in most cases, the number one thing that weakens the brain function and the physical body that the person is doing, they don't know, is the coffee, the caffeine, uh, the energy drinks, caffeinated tea, pre-workout, uh, pop, diet pop. And as self-sabotage coach, I'm, I'm the head uh, dean of the self-sabotage um, school, an international school. So I'm charged with digging deep into why there's a coffee shop on every corner. And if you do the, the deep digging, you will find there are groups 
that benefit from societal weakness. And the benefit is you will do what you're told if you're weak. And this is what sort of like the psychology behind battered woman syndrome is that the usually a male is the abusive spouse or partner. And he is always constantly putting the female in fear to keep her weak, to make sure she complies with his dictates. So the mm -hmm. psychology of human control has to do with weakening your victim. And then they comply to your direction. And this can be individual, like on a battered woman syndrome, or it can be on societal wide, like we see today. And if you go down the street, you can see the psychology of human manipulation and human control in the big corporations that litter the streets. Um, like in Canada, we have the big, it's almost like a Taj Mahal liquor store where you can get alcohol or every, like Kentucky Fried Chicken or McDonald's or Wendy's coffee shops and donut shops. And that, you know, I don't want to make it too complex for your people, but ca caffeine has a very, very particular effect on the brain where it act because caffeine is what's called an alkaloid poison. And the, there's many plants that produce caffeine. It's not just a coffee plant. But when you find a plant producing the caffeine, it's using the caffeine as a weapon against its enemies. So a coffee plant, for example, will drop its pods around itself and the pod will be out on the periphery. Like a pesticide. It's a pesticide. And if the bugs are crazy enough to bite into the plant, even the plant leaves have caffeine in it. I mean, there's more caffeine in the pods, but even the leaves and the bug will die. And when you ingest alkaloid poison, you'll get a big rush of energy, but the energy is equivalent to you getting chased by a pit bull. So you feel more energetic and like, I could not convince you that every morning for you to get energy, that it's a good idea to be chased by a pit bull. So you kick the pit bull in the bum and then it chases you for a block. And then we shut the fence and you're like, whew, I have so much energy. This feels so good. <laughs> but eventually you'll see that if you keep doing that, and this is how caffeine gives you energy, is it enters your system your body knows it's poison, it knows it's dangerous, it activates its fight or flight mechanism, and the fight or flight or freeze mechanism, because you're being poisoned, it really gives you, your body really starts to accelerate the metabolism very fast, because mm -hmm. its main goal or strategy is get the poison out and get it into your bladder or your, your bowel to try and get it out. So this is where you get this big rush of energy and it drains you and drains you and drains you. I mean, caffeine gives you energy like alone gives you wealth. Eventually you have to pay it back. Mm -hmm. And this poisoning and people do it. And this is, you know, psychology of self-sabotage is also another phrase for mind control or brainwashing, or psychological manipulation, or behavior modification. It just really means if I'm really smart, and I want to dominate you, but I don't want you to know I'm doing it, 
the psychology of human control has to do, if I can get you to weaken yourself and I can get you to think it's your own decision. So you're going to think, I like coffee. I like wine. Red wine is healthy for me. Everything in moderation. So I put those into you, right? I put them in like you're a, a pole doll. And I and pull this string. Everybody do it, you know. Right. Because and that, right. And that makes it even more acceptable. How you can, how you can live without coffee everybody do it how you can live without mcdonald's so what do you eat they ask people ask a lot what do you eat if you don't eat uh, bread or mcdonald's or you know you don't drink coffee or you do this or that so i can agree with you but don't you think that it is really hard to convince people that it is... Sorry, but... Uh, okay, I have my charge here. Uh, don't you think that it is really hard to convince people that uh, it is some kind of... Uh, how to say? No, I, I, I don't want to use this word uh, theory... You know, this is some kind of mystic theory uh, about caffeine because I know that it is actually. But you know, people work uh, work uh, every day. They want to get up, drink their coffee, go to work, and they they are like robots, you know. And uh, some people only can see this big picture. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. it's not like that, that I have to drink coffee, for example, or I have to drink wine. And uh, in my opinion, it is really, really hard to convince people because in media, they can see that coffee, coffee, it's really, really good idea. I don't know how it is in Canada, but in Poland, last couple of months, we had the situation where, where you can find in the internet, uh, on many websites, on social media, that caffeine is a really good for you. Uh, you can get a lot of magnesium from caffeine, from ca caffeine Coffee. and coffee. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what is going on? You know, and the, the, um, and actually it was, uh, this uh, this research uh, was uh, done by uh, have been done by uh, Coca Cola company. Right. So, what kind of research do we have? Well, if you read the book Caffeine Blues, which I think you have, I'm pretty sure you got it right there. So, uh, that's by Stephen Trinisky, and you will see that he doesn't like to use the word all as a scientist. No scientist likes to use the word all because it usually means you're trying to convince someone of something that's not true. But when Stephen Chernisky went to every positive coffee or caffeine study, all of them, with no exceptions, were funded by something called the coffee lobby. Now the coffee lobby is similar to the pharmaceutical lobby or the military industrial complex lobby. 
and they have particular agendas that sometimes people would believe have to do with profit, but they also have more to do with social control. Because with social control, you can get profit at any time. So every positive caffeine study, it's uh, fabricated, it's fraudulent, it's funded by people that may appear to have profit as their motive, but it's not profit. And if you want to know how old and like the motivations behind these groups, there's a documentary just released called Cult of the Medics. Medics is spelled M-E-D-I-C-S. So go to cultofthemedics.com. There's nine chapters, uh, you know, chapters in the documentary, and I think it'll probably end at 12. And you will see that people might have to understand that this just isn't about coffee. This is about the people live on a people farm. This is a human farm. Your country is a holding corporation. And like you said, how can I not go to work without my coffee? You mentioned everybody wants to go to work. Let me tell you something. If you don't drink coffee, you will never go to work. You will never work a soulless, meaningless, empty job. They know that. And that's why they'll give you free coffee at work and make sure give you enough time to have your coffee before you go. Because that's the rub. That's the con job. That's the ambush that you try. Try this. Try not drinking your coffee and see how really crappy your job is. And you will yeah. see it's so crappy that you will actually do what I did many decades ago is I went work for myself making millions of dollars so that I don't have to live a crappy life and decorate it with chemicals so that I don't notice that I'm in a jail so I don't get excited that there's a new TV in my jail cell. I have a new carpet for my jail cell and I have some new curtains on my jail cell window. And that's why they need you on the caffeine all the time is because the caffeine not only retards IQ and higher brain function, it makes the slavery feel groovy. And if you don't know what that means by making the slavery feel groovy, stop your caffeine and you will feel the full sting of the con. But you might not know what you're feeling. You feel this is boring. I got no energy. I'm exhausted. Of course, you're going to be exhausted. Because I just wanted to ask this question. Because sure. uh, people... Uh, Sometimes people would like to quit coffee. And do you recommend it? Because they, uh, my patients, for example, they would like to uh, stop with drinking coffee with many reasons because I ask him, I, I ask them to do it. Uh, they have many symptoms uh, and I know it's because of caffeine. Mm -hmm. So some people want to stop and... Uh, do you recommend it to stop just like that? I mean, you know, uh, tomorrow they stop to drink coffee 
or to reduce the amount of coffee caffeine because some people drink a lot of coffee for example five or even six a day and it's really hard to stop in one day yeah less less poison is always going to make your life better but there's other things going on here there is a socialization and a normalization of people that don't know how to accomplish any goals because goals involve sacrifice. That's true. So you have this bubble wrap society who want everything easy. And this is why they're in the caffeine as well, because it's a pleasure chemical. And they don't have any practice in accomplishing anything but pleasure and fun, which means if it's not fun, they're not really interested. And that makes for a weak society. So yes, less poison, this trication, you go down, you, you go down slowly with your poison of choice. But in reality, there's a difference between an adult and a child. And a child likes things easy, and an adult knows that sacrifice is needed to have a better life. So this also has to come into the conversation, is that, yeah, it's harder to just stop the things that are hurting you, but why are you so afraid of the hard day? Why are you so afraid of the dark night of the soul, as they call it? Well, you'll finally learn something about yourself. And have you also been tricked to live as a perpetual child, which also makes you easier to control? Because children want to go from one fun event to another fun event to another fun event, you know, get up in the morning and turn on the radio and have their coffee and go to the job they don't like. And then, you know, they want a birthday party at the corporation or this job and they want some fun and then they want to you know, get their cookies or their chocolate, and then they want to go back and have their wine. There's more to this than just coffee. There's a whole social structure that makes people weak. So we come back full circle. The human that can't walk across the broken glass to their best life because they might get a bit of pain is the most easily ruled human. And this is why there's no thumbs down on YouTube now. There's no thumbs down on this video. You'll see below. There's no thumbs down because it might hurt someone's feelings and give them a hard day. They won't fail kids in school anymore because it gives them a hard time. They won't let any kid go and, and uh, finish last in a race. But if you face a hard day, you face a hard time, you'll, you can act like, that kid who placed sixth place was me at one time. There was a race out of six people. And today, everybody would get the same first place ribbon. And when I placed sixth, it hurt me so deeply. And in that pain, I found the cure for the pain. The pain you're in, the cure is there. And I started to train and weight lift and hired a coach and eat better and became more flexible. Then the next year I came first. So this sort of socialization of being adverse to hard time comes into the therapeutic field as well, this therapy. You want to bubble wrap your clients 
And let me tell you at my self-sabotage, if you ever hire me, there's no bubble wrap. I'm going to make you grow up real fast. Did you drink coffee in the... I did. I only drank coffee for four summers in Greece. And it was, I could tell there's a big, huge problem because I would go very dark, very demonic, very bad personality. And, but I did alcohol, cocaine, uh, steroids. When you were, when you were a teenager or? or, or... In my twenties and thirties. Ah. I'm 53 okay. now. Mm -hmm. So this is the experience like every master was once a disaster and it's not about the steroids or the coffee or the alcohol or the junk food or the fast food it's the fact that they're everywhere and that if you know how hypnosis works and suggestibility and these things mind control they're there and then all the messages for you to dive in and make yourself weak are prolific throughout all the media, all the government endorsements, all the government policies, like, you know, the gyms were closed in 2020 in, in Canada and the liquor stores and the marijuana shops were wide open. It's because it's all about weakness and coffee is coffee on their weakness list of attacks. Coffee is number one, absolutely number one that weakens the human to the point where they cannot think rationally, they cannot think logically, they're weakened physically, and then they become easier to manipulate because look, you know, that's why they call it taking uh, candy from a baby. That's a phrase in English, taking candy from a baby. I can, if you're weak, I can do whatever I want to you. Yes, that's, that's true, but I'm afraid that uh, mostly people just uh, it's how how you 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 said that that it is uh, like that that we would like to uh, do what we wanted to do you know so but anyway we does we we don't know what we want to do well i think Because people if we drink co coffee mm -hmm. if we drink alcohol If we eat a lot of sugar, we we don't know what we want to do because we are in a system. And it's really hard to stop because I I, I know that it's really hard to stop for people, you know. I, I see this every day. And uh, they ask me, okay, Justyna, but should I really stop to drink coffee, even coffee? Or so, uh, okay, I can't eat, uh, for example, sweets, but can I eat another sweet? You know what I mean? So just, we would like to just, just maybe switch to, to other, uh, you know, other option, which is not, exactly what we should do i mean for example uh decaf many questions about decaf okay so if i can't drink coffee can i drink decaf yeah i mean if, if always the same thing less poison is always better hmm. but you're describing someone who's scrambling back to their worst life And it's a program and it's a program put into them where they feel naked 
being their best self. They feel naked without any poison. So when you tell the person to let go of the ledge with no poison, you see them cling back on. Can I have decaf? I need my poison. I need to poison myself. Now, there's reasons for this programming because everybody has already around you and humans are pack animals, which means they're very prone to mimic the behavior of the people around them. And this sort of programming has been going on so long that everybody has one or two or three poisons that they use every day on themselves to keep themselves mediocre and average and underachieving. And that's the biggest group. So as a human animal that's prone to group behavior, the reason they're clinging on to the caffeine, like do I have decaf, is because if they let go of their poisons, it's like a hot air balloon. If you cut the ropes of the hot air balloon, the hot air balloon goes up all by itself. No effort is required. So what they're afraid of and the way brainwashing works, it's all based on repetition. So in our newspapers, in our media, on the radio, on the TV shows and on the movies, the people that get celebrated the most are the mediocre people. Anybody that's trying to be super successful financially and even physically is the worst. If they want to get better physically, they're always attacked in the media, always attacked in the movies. Like no one attacks the janitor because the janitor is a non-threat. But if the CEO comes in, the chief executive officer of the company, you'll hear the snickering and the bickering because people have been programmed to find comfort in the majority. And the mm -hmm. reason your clients want to cling back on to the poison is because they know if they stop the poison, they'll rise back up. That means they're a target now. And if they're a target, they're going to be attacked and they don't have any strength to push back on the attack and they've had this bubble wrap and guardrails of life where they've never learned to go through a hard day to get a big reward at the end they want to go through a mediocre day with a you know an insignificant reward at the end they're not used to having the three-day effort to get a big reward on the fourth day they're not they're not used to having a one-year push of hard days to have something great happen in their life on the next year they want instant gratification they don't want to be attacked so they cling on to the poison because if they rise up they're targets for everybody else and i'm everybody that's successful will be attacked i've done the mediocre job and i've done i've, I've made 20 bucks an hour and I've made 2000 bucks an hour over a whole year, millions of dollars. And no one will attack you when you make $20 an hour. But I'll tell you, they will attack you when you make 2000 an hour like I do. And if you're not strong and you haven't learned to do anything hard in your life and come out the other side unscathed, of course, you're going to be like, I got to have my wine. I got to be like everybody else. I got to poison myself like everybody else so I fit in so they don't attack me. Because my self-worth 
Like if you're one of those people that need to be with the group, your self-worth is based on what they think of you. So what you want to do with your life will never happen. You become a people pleaser, and that's the base uh, characteristic of self-sabotage. You live everybody's life but your own. And at the end of the day, everybody's happy but you. You're miserable. Yes, that's true. And I coffee didn't will get you there quickly. You know, I didn't expect it. I mean, uh, I think that my my people, my followers, because, you know, people always need research, you know, and tests and uh, always ask me, okay, but do you have research? Do you have proof? Yeah, go to Caffeine Blues. I mean, it's it's, it's got Uh, 20 pages of citations. Yes, you can uh, you can find a lot of information about the caffeine and how uh, our body is really uh, obsessed with it. But uh, I didn't expect this kind of conversation, and I'm really really uh, thankful for it because uh, it shows another picture of it. You know, not only that if you drink coffee you have uh, problems with your uh, adrenal fatigue or if you have some problems with uh, tinglings or any other issue with your body because okay you can have it uh, not everybody are going to have it but mostly people start to have it because it's 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 poison so it's going to be like uh, migraines or headache or other problems with stomachache or or anything else but this conversation it's not about the issue because of caffeine it's it's a big picture and i think that it is really important to say like that because people just uh, it's 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 another point of view you know what i mean yeah, and people and will ask. Go ahead. If you start to to talk about self sabotage, because you told us that you've been uh, uh, with drugs and some steroids and caffeine as well. So, how did you start to change your life? Because now you you're fifty three, and in your twenty and thirty, you you had your experience with caffeine and other addictions. So, how did you start to change it? Well, basically, I started to rebuild my strength. So the strength to say no is based on your financial strength, your physical strength, your spiritual strength, which is why you're here, and your intellectual strength. If you don't sort of improve your strength in those four areas, you're very likely to become a chronic people pleaser you be reflexively obedient to group pressure and you'll have no ability to say no. All you'll do is say yes when you really mean to say no. So I started to build my physical strength by going to um, learn with the best uh, health guru in the world. His name is Paul Check, C-H-E-K, and he's in California. And I learned what foods my body needed, my water, my sleep, my exercise, my sunshine, relaxation, and my physical strength went up. Now, I was already always in business, and I was always gifted with financial strength because I was always trying to please my dad, who was a businessman. So I'd bring home big loads of money, like a, a mouse bring a cat brings home a dead mouse, 
and try to please my dad with the big bags of money. So financial abundance was always there because of certain psychology to bond with your parents. And then spiritually, I started to understand I'm not here to be a slave to other people. I'm not here to pay taxes and and be addicted and complain and be a victim. And intellectually, I would uh, read books, hundreds of books a year to build my intellectual strength. And then I started to use my no instead of my yes to start building the life that I wanted to live. Even when you said people would ask, where's the research? Where's the research? That's another program. Because if you stop coffee, yeah, you're going to feel sick for a week or two. But then what's the matter with trusting yourself that you're going to feel better when you stop Exactly. It? Because that's the thing. You're always outsourcing. That's part of the slave system is you outsource your opinion to the, to the authority who has a, a hand like this right up his wazoo and people are playing them like a hand puppet just like the coffee lobby saying that coffee is good for type two diabetes. It is not. They say it's good for your liver. It is not. It's not good for your kidneys. It's, it doesn't make you live longer. There's Poison doesn't work like that. So just the basic logic is that it's a poison. How is it that poison will make you live longer, but broccoli won't or cauliflower won't? And you don't see any of those. You have to get back to the point where you should understand you're smart enough to figure this. The most basic foundation is, you know, what you build a house on. And the most basic foundation is you're smart. Can you not see, can you see that those studies about broccoli, cauliflower, carrot juice, um, fasting, high quality water, why aren't any of those on your, on your landing page? Um, your web landing page like Firefox or uh, MNSNBC. Like you have to understand this is all very obvious if you have the thinking part of the brain. See, the thinking part of the brain, and this is mentioned in the Caffeine Blues, is the prefrontal cortex, the, the, pre, the, the frontal lobe. That's the human part of the, the brain system. Like this is humanity right here. And they will show you that when you drink caffeine, the blood is instantly away from this part of the brain and it needs blood. And if you're caffeinated so much, you can get brain damage because it just doesn't get any food and it has no ability to, to expel its wastes into the bloodstream either. And if you go to YouTube right now and put in ABC, which is an American news agency. So go to YouTube, put ABC. MRI, MRI is magnetic resonance imaging. So put ABC MRI and put caffeine and you'll see a reporter drinks the coffee. Uh, yes, I saw it. Right. And her blood flow went down. Well, they said it was 40%, but they were eyeballing it somewhere in Stephen Chernisky's book. It's 52%. So when you drink only one eight ounce cup of coffee from a non-caffeinated sitting position, and you, and you have it, it cuts off blood flow to your brain by 52% in the most high IQ, spiritual, logical, rational part of the brain. Let me tell you, the people who are running the people farm, they know this. You don't know this, they know this. They keep all the very good information. And it's not a misunderstanding of the science. 
or you know the signs will catch up that's a weaponization of the known signs that's hundreds of years old caffeine as a brain disruptor has been known since 1650 <laughs> so this is not they they get the signs and then they take it off the table they weaponize it and then they make sure that all this stuff that gives you brain dysfunction and physical weakness is all on every street corner. And then they use the repetitive messaging, which impacts the subconscious mind. And they make you go get it. And you think it's you. And you think you're making the decision. And you're like, I love coffee. I'm like, I could make you love orange raw orange juice too if I made it repetitive in your media. I could make you love water. I could make you love sleeping. I could make you love anything. But they only make you love. Yeah, I know you love it because I know how mind control works. <laughs> you're going to love whatever's repetitive and you're going to think you're doing it yourself, which you're not. Yes, that's true. And I can see it very clearly because... Uh... And I think that it is uh, because of the system, you know, uh, from the beginning, because when you when we are very little and we go to the preschool, to the to school or whatever, we don't get any information about our health, about our mind, about anything which is actually important for us. So I, I think that the same in, is in Canada, but in Poland, we uh, we read some really uh i i can't say even stupid things you know and we have to learn it but nobody tell us how to uh, how to improve ourselves and how to uh rely on on us on ourselves you know because uh, it is uh, i had i have a lot of questions about everything you know and even really, really small things. And I'm curious, how is it possible that we lose our uh, faith in our, ourselves? You know what I mean? That we have to ask for everything because we don't know what to do. Is it good to read this book or not? Is it good to go there or should I uh, call to Justina to have uh, a consultation? To maybe to uh, to other person, we just uh, we just can't feel our uh, you know the inner power of us. You know what I mean? That's that's so true, and that's why I told you that this conversation this conversation was unexpected for me. Uh, I mean, really happy to to have it because also I can say that. For me personally, it's really, really important, you know, because for many years I was really, really sick. You know, I, I was uh, uh, home banded and I couldn't walk for five years. I had Lyme disease and uh, many years before I also feel really, really bad. I visit many of doctors and I used to believe them that I should rely on them because they gave me a lot of uh, medication, a lot of, uh, you know, they, they told me that I'm, I'm depressed and it's not possible to have this kind of uh, uh, issues, you know, because it's not possible to be as sick as I was, 
you know and uh, i stopped to to i i stopped to um, sorry uh, i stopped to i have a uh, problems with uh, the word uh, your english is good believe it no to yeah. believe it you know right. i stopped to believe it because they told me that they can't do anything to for me and uh, they told me that i'm done you know that it's not possible and i was 30 30 so mm -hmm. now i'm 43 years old and i i don't have to go to any doctors you know any any of doctor and i don't have to ask if i should take this pill this kind of pill and the or the other one and i can say that it was uh, i i start because i start my company i love i love grain i'm uh, the owner of the the company i love grain i i start to produce pillows and uh, i uh, when i was feeling better you know and i start to uh, push myself that I had to do this, I had to do this. And I start to drink coffee once again. I stop it for seven years and I start again. And in one moment, when I was feeling, started to feeling bad because of my liver and uh, you know the headache, I was very anxious and a lot of issues. I was thinking, Justina, what are you doing? You are going back at the same point when you started. And so I stopped with caffeine and I started to see the improvement of my mental clarity, my body. And I start to feel that I'm, I'm not able to work like this uh, at the end of my life because it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's hopeless. You know, I'm going to be like a, you know, like a, a, a rat on a wheel. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying that, uh, this conversation, it's for me personal, it's so important because I know that I uh, made a really good decision about caffeine and sometimes I feel it, I just need it, you know, I just feel this and I know that it's my, something is wrong with me, I mean uh, that I want to, uh, it's like self-sabotage, that I want to crush myself on how to say it, you know. Just yeah. well, self sabotage happens when you're achieving more than the average. So, when you feel yourself getting a little higher than the average, don't forget we're group, we're pack animals, we like the group. So, the smallest group is this you know, healthy and wealthy, they're right near the top, very small group. And you have to stand up there strong because you're going to get a lot of fire or flack from what we call the itty bitty shitty committee. And the negative Nellies are gonna try and bring you down because they're afraid for you too. Like, don't forget they're pack animals as well. So they're gonna try and bring you back into the wolf pack by telling you, you know, you're, go you're rising too fast, you're too thin. Are you sick? <laughs> you know, if you're thin, they're asking you if you're sick because they're 220 pounds themselves. And, they're always going to try and bring you back as a protection mechanism to you. They think you're as afraid as they are. They can't, they can't fathom 
that you don't need to be part of the wolf pack because that's all that leads their lives is that that mediocrity, those cycles of caffeine and alcohol and watching Netflix and screen time. That's their entire life. So they're afraid for you because you're, you're, you know, you've come above that, you've risen up and they're trying to bring you back down because they're actually afraid for you because they they could never do that in with the with the psychological tools that they have you know they've been bubble wrapped too long they want their their perpetual children they're usually they only take like that's the thing about children is they take and it's okay that children take cuz they can't provide for themselves but you have the average adult today like at the age of 14 they're supposed to be a break there's supposed to be a break between childhood and adulthood where you become, you give away the taker role and you become a provider. And the average person today has not made that transition. They want the government to help them. They want someone else to fix them. I was talking to one of my friends before I got on today. She wants a Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon. It's $150,000. But she doesn't want to go out and earn it herself. She wants to find a man to buy it for. She wants she wants to get it without any sacrifice, without any effort. And that's the entire, I mean, this has a lot to do with coffee because coffee keeps you in this comfort coma. But so does alcohol, so does sugar. So does yeah. like marijuana is legal in Canada, coast to coast. And the group that rules us knows that if if they can sedate and tranquilize the population by many different chemicals, that they become normalized, that everything's supposed to be fun and they can't accomplish anything of greatness. And when you don't accomplish anything of greatness as a human being, you become depressed and then they tell you there's something wrong with you. You go in and you work a meaningless job. You're drinking poison in the morning. You're drinking alcohol poison at night. You're watching serial killer, uh, Netflix, uh, binge watching violence. Of course, you're going to be depressed. You're a slave. And then when you go in and tell your medical, you should be admitting to yourself that you're a slave. But they tell you, look, there's something wrong with you. You're depressed. There's nothing wrong with you. There's everything right with you. And if you go to these uh, people that wear the white butcher coats, and it's a butcher coat for a reason, you say, hey, I'm depressed. And they're going to, oh, there's something wrong. There's a malfunction. Take this. Have a better time. Yep. Go put this in your mouth with the coffee and the alcohol and the junk food, the pizza, the Ben and Jerry's, the marijuana, and you'll be better. Promise. Oh, okay. How's that working out for you? An adult would know, I tried it, doesn't work. A child would be like, something's wrong with me. An adult, a true strong adult says, no, I've tried it twice. There's something wrong with the system. I'm no longer going to blame myself. I'm going to do, do something. Like if you use your mouth as a garbage compactor, you're not going to work properly. And your body is a spiritual and physical machine that actually has magic inside of it. And that's what they're hiding from you, the magic. 
Yeah, it was. It, it, uh, can we can we finish? I mean, this uh, recording. Yeah, yeah. You want to like, finish right now? I yeah. I would like to thank you very much uh, for this conversation, and uh, I will put it on my YouTube. Yeah, and so I'll. You can stop. Okay, I will stop it. I'll stop the recording now.